Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's that time once again. Happy Friday, everybody. It is the Awesome Odds Betting Show. Called the NFL Betting Show, but that's kind of uh, doesn't encompass everything. We're going to talk a little Masters, talk a little college football, because uh, we got some games tonight. I'm Ben Reza, joined, as I always am, by Julian Edlow. Happy Friday, sir. How you doing? I'm doing all right. It's been a weird last couple of nights. Um, yes. We were both on Western Michigan, and yes. uh, that was a great one to win. And then I feel like the uh, Titans punter gave one back last night. So we'll call that a wash. It was a weird, weird game last night. I want to start there. Uh, big game for the South. <clears throat> uh, a lot of people you were talking before the show and, you know, narrative. I don't know. I don't even want to call it a narrative, but. A lot of people were saying that the Colts, this is it. They have to win this game. They are the more desperate team. Uh, I was a little surprised. I thought Titans, that would have trended more towards them, like minus three rather than where it was. I mean, the Colts outplayed them. There was special teams played a huge role. I don't have a ton to take away from the game, but what, what did you think of seeing the Colts grab a big win last night? Um, Like, just like we were talking about before the show, I, I made the numbers play on, on the Titans one point underdogs at home. That means they're going to be that Indy would be minus seven at home in this game. No way. Uh, So I I felt like obviously people were going against the Titans pass defense a little bit. That's fine. I I think that they've improved a little bit in recent weeks and they were right in that game. They jumped out to the lead and they usually are able to, you know, run the ball with Derrick Henry and, and grind those out. It was just, the ultimate wild card uh, that I did not factor in was those special teams in the third quarter A huge after, after they called that touchdown for Indy, a huge fourth down stop on the goal line after they reverse it, big momentum changer. And then Tennessee gives it right back on a 17 yard punt to give the Colts the ball on the 26 yard line is like unheard of um, touchdown. You punt again, block kick touchdown. If you want to stick with special teams, Koskowski has a kick to make it a one possession game and maybe stop some bleeding misses it. I don't care as much about that one. It's really more the punter. Um, so weird game. I just like congrats to the Colts betters that won. And if the special team stuff didn't happen, maybe the Colts still win the game. Like it's a coin flip game at that point. Anyway. Um, I just need to figure out like the, the part of the handicapping that we were talking about before the show, where it's Indies, Indy needs this game to to keep the division tight. It's like, well, the Titans have been the better team so far. And Mike Vrabel's talking right before the game about how important it would be to get this two game lead in the division at home. It's not, it wasn't a, the game's just as important to the Titans. Uh, I agree. And I, yes, I know you think that way as well. Um, So just something to consider, you know, people handicap different ways and a lot of people factored in how much that game meant to the Colts. And that was not something that I did. No, and it's been tough. Chad just pointed this out. Like, it's also just a very weird, yes, being at home does help, but not nearly as much as it would just in normal circumstances. Uh, I wasn't super, I said this before the show, I'm a Mike, I think Mike Rabel is one of the best coaches out there. I didn't love a lot of things that Tennessee did yesterday in particular. I didn't think it was the best coached or managed game out there but you know what the Colts played better than I thought they would uh Pittman looks like someone who's going to be yeah a serious part of that offense obviously they found something with Hines 
Taylor, not so much, but they're a pretty good team. Rivers did did enough. Um, yeah, they could have kicked to, to manage that game, get down 14, but all in all, the Titans just got outplayed last night. Pretty, pretty much as simple as that. What I wanted to ask you, though, before we move a little to the Masters and the college football, the only thing I have left is it seems like this is a two-horse race still. They're both six and three. Do you have an edge on where this division ultimately ends up? That's a good question. I haven't thought about it that much. Um, <clears throat> I would lean Tennessee as the better team. Now, <clears throat> they might now have to win a game in Indy for this division, which is potentially going to be a tough game. I, I think that Tennessee is the better team. I honestly would probably have to look at the schedules the rest of the way out and really say who has the edge. I wouldn't write off the Colts. I, it's not like the Colts are a poorly coached team either. I, I like how the Colts, you know, do business. I don't like Phillip Rivers. This is more of a Phillip Rivers fade, and, and I, I like the way the Titans do things. Um, so I, I would lean to Tennessee. I feel like you're probably in the same boat, but the Colts are a good team and easily could wind up with one of those, one of those three, uh, wild cards or win the division. Yeah. I'm not, I have no play on this division. I, the only thing I was interested in doing was backing the Texans, uh, and that ship has <laughs> sailed. I'm glad that we didn't do that. For I obvious that as well. reasons. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but let's keep it moving. Cause I want to talk a lot about some of these things. We'll start with the masters. We're not gonna spend too much time here. Just wanted to check in. Uh, obviously, people have their eyes down in Augusta. It's playing extremely easy because it rained. Uh, these greens just don't have the fire that they normally do. These guys are hitting it. Ball lands where they hit it, and, and that's something you never see in Augusta. The only thing I wanted to bring up, Julian, we talk about this on the show occasionally, is there are guys that played early yesterday, and they posted what I would view as good rounds. You would have taken it before the tournament, and yet their odds have fallen a little bit. Someone like John mm-hmm. Rahm. He goes out there, he shoots three under. That's a very solid start. And he's drifted a little. He's up to almost 14 to one at some spots. Uh, Tony Finau, another guy, same same situation. And he's drifted. And I get there's some big scores out there, but I find it interesting. If you like some of those guys, they go out, they should have put around in the 60s and their odds actually fall a little bit. I think it's not a bad idea to add a position to some of those guys, even though they're going to be trailing by a you know, handful of shots going into day two, which is not a big deal. Yeah, so my question to you was even going to be, and I know that's been one of your strategies, and I like that, and it makes, it's a very sound argument. Um, My question to you is going to be, with things being even more unique this year, and guys finishing round one and going right into round two. Now, I know Justin Thomas is one of those guys, right? Yes. And he's currently the favorite everywhere. Um, so it's not like there's necessarily an edge on him at the moment. I, now, I don't follow this nearly as closely as as you. I'll, like, lock in on Sunday and enjoy it and see where mm-hmm. my bets, my small bets are at for fun and whatever. Um, is there anybody else in on a smaller scale in the same boat as Justin Thomas who's worth betting in, in a future in some kind of capacity because they're going to get more holes in today and they looked good at first and they can get into a groove playing more than 18 today or whatever? So... That's yeah. So just to, to add context to that, what you're saying is absolutely true. There are guys that finish the first round right now, and then they just keep playing. So basically they're going to play like 27 holes right in a row and you can get in a groove. So the two guys on the course that are, that are doing that are playing really well are JT and Justin Rose. The problem is their odds have really come down. Now, listen, <laughs> I want to, I want everyone to be clear and we know me, I'm a sucker for this guy. I will say that Ricky Fowler is also doing that. When I when this show started, he was two under, but he triple bogeyed a hole right before that. So he's making a ton of birdies. He just made one gigantic mistake. So I'm not going to say he should be five under because it's easy to say you eliminate guys' mistakes. But Ricky is really scoring. So if you think that he can get on a run, uh, he's 66 to one right now live. It's a big task, but if you want to bomb who will be playing straight through, that would be Ricky Fowler in my mind. All right. That's the answer but to my question. It'll be. The, I don't the think I'll be month. betting Ricky Fowler to win it, but that yeah, answers I mean, my question. It's that's a, that's a sprinkle at best. I, the only thing I'm really taking away is that the, the course should firm up a bit. And for me, I'm just a little, little surprised to see guys have a good start and, you know, and other guys are surpassing them, but, it's a long tournament. A guy like Rahm is in perfect position 
I thought he was in perfect position before the tournament, and there's nothing he's done to deter me. So if those odds continue to fall down, I'll take advantage. Even Hideki, 25-1, to 1, mm-hmm. really good round yesterday. Now, we won't see him for a long time today, but those shots are banked. Uh, and if his odds continue to fall down as the course plays easier and easier, potentially, I'll look to take advantage there. But we've talked about that. Obviously, Chad, if you've got questions on golf, hop in our Slack. We got a ton of guys talking golf. Going to be a long, fun weekend with the Masters and many other sports. But we do have a little appetizer. We've been getting this, Julian, and I kind of like it. You like these college games every day? We get a little, little interest day after day? I, I like it a lot. Um, <clears throat> I try to keep it light during the week yeah. and, you know, get it, grind out a couple of wins. We have been doing great on these Friday night games. Um, yeah. We had, was it Wyoming? We faded, for, well, Wyoming, but even before that, we fate was it Tulsa that we had even a yeah, few weeks South ago? Florida, um, right. You had the South Florida fade. You were all about Wyoming. Um, we were both all about BYU last week and actually after our conversation i had them minus two and a half from from earlier in the week played them again at minus three and then after our conversation i bet the team total over 33 and they scored 51 so last friday night with byu was like one of the easiest bets of the season um and the first thing i noticed today is that florida international is (laughs) back on the schedule on a friday night and i was 99 percent sure what that meant but I wanted to check with you first and uh, I'll let you, you know this better than me. I just know the basics. I'm going to be betting against Florida international tonight. I'll let you explain a little bit better why. Yeah. So Florida international is a team we haven't seen in like a month. Uh, They've had some, they've, you know, COVID has canceled a lot of games. So they're, they've only got a handful. They're 0 and three, but the last game they played, they lost to an FCS school in Jacksonville state. Um, This team is just bad. They struggle. I don't know what to really make of them. They want to run the ball. They have no passing game. I'll put it like this. The total in the game tonight, they're playing Florida Atlantic, is 40 and a half. For a college game, that is really, really low. You never see that. I mean, you were just talking, like, team totals for a lot of these teams is over 40. One team, never mind the full game. They're playing Florida Atlantic tonight. That's where Lane Kiffin used to coach. They're a different squad now. But this team right now is playing phenomenal defense. They're giving up 11 points a game. They're 3-1 and one on the year. They lost to a Marshall, who's ranked, uh, and they held them down offensively. The key is going to be how many points can Florida Atlantic score? Because I know that they're going to cause problems for Florida International defensively. I think it's enough. I, I, I think that they have enough explosive plays. They've been experimenting, Julian, with a mobile quarterback, a guy that doesn't really throw the ball. I like that. You know, get them on the ground, let them run, almost run a wildcat type offense. Spread sits at nine and a half tonight. I'm going to play it. The two teams that we've been shorting, South Florida, who we talked about, they played Tulsa. They're awful. And Florida International. They are also just a, a dumpster fire right now. I've been picking on both of these schools. I'm going to continue to do that tonight. I think I keep mixing up South Florida <clears throat> and Florida <laughs> International. They're they're the same. But I know they're the teams different. Awful. Both of them have serious, serious problems, particularly offensively. So so I'm just looking at the points that Florida Atlantic has put up. (laughs) Not many. They haven't scored more than 24 this season. So I I guess I understand why the total is what it is. I guess is – so a couple of questions. Like – if do you think if they just score their their you know average not even average but like their 21ish points they should still be able to cover this with like a 21 to 10 victory and do you think or do or do you think in some way that that Florida International's defense is just bad enough that uh, Florida Atlantic is able to kind of just break out have like a 30 34 point type of game I think it's to me more the latter. There's no reason that I, I've looked at Florida Atlantic. There's no reason that they should be this bad offensively. They've got yeah. weapons. They've got athletes. It's a new system. And that could be some of the growing pains. I think they are getting better and they found a mobile quarterback. Marshall's a good team. Western Kentucky's not a great team, but again, I can see how these games are somewhat Florida international is terrible. Like Jacksonville state is not a, FBS, they're an FCS school. 
and they ran through them. Um, I think that Florida Atlantic will have their highest outputs offensively of the year in this game. I know that's not a hot take considering how bad they've been, but if that happens, I feel like you can get it. You you mentioned there's almost two ways to get to this line. Even if they don't score, I think they're live to honestly shut this team out. Like Florida international has no offense. So you could win even if the offense is anemic. If Florida Atlantic racks up 31, 35 points, I don't know how Florida international gets to the mid twenties considering they have no offense whatsoever and they can't throw the ball. So you have a couple outs, even though it's a weird nine and a half point spread in a 40 and a half point total. Um, is this FIU game? Is that was their first game against Liberty? Yeah, that sounds right there. Did they get crushed? I'm assuming. No, they lost 36 to 34. Hmm. Liberty's actually, actually pretty good. I, I will say. Yeah. Right. 36, 34. Then they played. Okay. I have it here. Middle Tennessee State, who's got their own problems. And then Jacksonville State, which is the glaring loss. Um, Right. I don't know what to make of that. I will say against Liberty, they they looked much better in the passing game. Um, Just for context, in their last two games, they had 21 yards passing. Middle (laughs) Tennessee State, 66 yards passing. And now they... I will say they've been trying different quarterbacks, but total they had 58 yards passing against middle Tennessee state. They only want to run the ball. You can't really run against Florida Atlantic from what we've seen. And that's going to be a big problem for them tonight. Okay. Interesting. Um, it's against, uh, against Liberty, but yeah, Liberty. I, I also early in the season, like it, it's been a weird year. I, I'm not sure have not playing in a month. If that, I mean, they'll be rested, but that's also can't be good. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to be betting on Florida Atlantic tonight. I'm not questioning it. I'm just looking at different no, game scripts to. It's good to question kind of that figure stuff. Out, figure out where the points are going to come from, if any points come. Hopefully, hopefully, Florida International doesn't score many points. I, I listen. They're going to try. Last thing, and then we can, you know, get into the NFL. Florida International is going to try to run the ball, no matter what. So far this year, Florida Atlantic, 3.1 yards per attempt. That's very good. Very, very good. I don't think they can run the ball. If they fall behind and they have to throw, it's to me, it's game over. I I, I really don't see it. And with Florida Atlantic opening up to a mobile QB, I think that's where the points come from. That that is a big problem for a team like Florida International. What about Brooks starting to heat up 28 to one now? I don't, he's in that. Boat, he's a little further behind those other guys, but I get where you're coming from. Just to jump to the Masters for one second there, Chad, that makes sense. Anything else? So there's two other games tonight. Cincinnati's going to absolutely crush East Carolina, but it's a lot of points. I'd be lying if I told you, you have a feel on Minnesota. That is all you. That team is impossible to gauge right now for me in the Big Ten. I was going to say, I feel like Minnesota's not good, but maybe they are. I feel like my gauge on them is that they're bad. So I would bet Iowa. I don't know. I don't really, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) The big 10 has been really tough. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I believe it was one of the Fridays where you and me were talking about, we were waiting to hit Minnesota against Maryland. uh, And Maryland jumped out to a huge lead in that game. And it ended up, I think it was 45, 44 ultimately. Yep. Minnesota, you know, they got crushed by Michigan, who turned out to not be good. It's just been right. very erratic in the Big Ten, and we've only seen these teams a couple times. Maybe it's a live bet, but Florida Atlantic is way ahead of them. Honestly, I would rather lay the points with Cincinnati. I know it's a lot of points. Cincinnati is going to crush East Carolina, and I, I just don't know if it'll be by more than four touchdowns. <laughs> right. That's, that's a lot of points. That is fair. But oh, I mean, Iowa, I didn't re- I mean, Iowa, I saw the big win last week i didn't realize lost to purdue lost to northwestern before that they got issues yeah probably probably one game for me on friday night like i've been doing we've been identifying one each week and sticking to that that's probably the way to go i couldn't agree more and i I will have a a write-up uh i know i gave a spiel about florida atlantic there will be a write-up on the site doing a little daily daily bet of the day so you can check that out um and go over you know we're going to talk about odd shopper a lot in the next segment but Make sure you go over there to try to get that best line because 
it could be 10 and a half at some places. It could be nine and a half at others. <laughs> that is a huge difference, especially in a game like this. Like we are very live to win this by the hook. This, this could yeah. be a 28. I don't know how they get to 18, but just work with me people. <laughs> um, that's neither here nor there. Let's do it. It's time. NFL Sunday. I don't, not that this matters for betting, but Julian, did you happen to notice that there there's like a ton of 4 PM games on Sunday? So I was uh, going to ask you, does that have to do, when is the masters supposed to end? What time? See, this is why next level thinking, I have no idea if it's is the NFL smart enough to make it a light early window. Maybe it is because of that kind of end masters ends at like four. And then we get into a good set of games kicking off at four. I don't know. It's possible. I, that seems a little early to end it, but maybe if they run them out earlier. Well, uh, it also gets dark earlier, given the time of year. You can't end it as late, maybe. Okay, okay. I see where we're going with this. I'm thinking. Golf. I don't know anything about golf, but I know it gets... You don't want to play in the dark. <laughs> you know about weather. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we got a bunch of games. I mean, we, we can dive in all... Over the place, there's, of course, some... We're getting to the point in the season where there's some teams competing for the number one pick. There's some teams competing to make the playoffs. And then there's some teams that are truly competing to lock up what will end up being home field and buys and things of that nature. Uh, I want to actually start... (laughs) I want to start with just a stupid, stupid game, but an important one. It's with the Eagles and the Giants, actually. And I just want to simply ask you, if the Eagles win this game, they're a three-point favorite on the road. Is it? I mean, I still think it's theirs to lose in terms of the division, but would that kind of lock it up in a way? They, they would be pretty clear of everybody else. Uh, do you think this is it for Philly in a good way, meaning they're on the a cusp of taking control? Uh, almost. I don't want to... I don't want to call a division in week 10 because a team is four and four record B four, four four and one. Yeah. Like (laughs) it's, it sounds ridiculous to do like, you know, they're capable of losing a few games in a row and, and I guess Washington could do something. I don't know. It's, it's really just, then you ask yourself, well, who's going to make a move? (laughs) <laughs> like no, well, nobody is. Uh, That's the thing. Yeah. So, uh, I would say if the Eagles win this game, they're going to be like minus four hundred, minus four fifty to win the division, like a number like that. Um, and they deserve to be. So, if you want to sprint, and you can't bet on them, obviously, at that point. So, if you want to sprint, if you have a take on another team, then go for it. I'm not going to offer a, a take there. Um, I guess the real question is, do, do we think Philly wins this game? Do we like the minus three at the Giants? The Giants stink. I'm a little worried about the pass rush on on the bad Philly offensive line. I don't know if I'm speaking just about this game in the one o'clock window. I don't know if I'm going to bet anything in the one o'clock window this Ooh. week, which probably is the first time in like five years that I have not bet a one o'clock NFL game in some capacity, but it sounds like maybe you're going to be on the Eagles in this one. I like the Eagles in the spot. I think they're slowly getting a little healthier. I, I know it's not a huge piece. I think that Jalen Rager being back actually matters a lot. Uh, we haven't uh, seen him much. He looked a, pretty dynamic. It opens up and it really stretches the pass defense. Uh, I think on the player prop side, if, and this is digging a little in depth, this is not necessarily why I like the Eagles, but if Bradbury, who is the Giants' top corner, I assume that he'll go to Fulgham, I think that Rager could be in line for for really good uh, usage, volume, target share. It also sounds like, and I haven't checked on an update here since yesterday, it sounds like Alshon Jeffrey might play in this game. And that would be, obviously, on the player prop side, we'd have to change it up. But again, if there's additional weapons for the Eagles offense, I think that will really help. And the Giants have been better. They really have. They've gotten guys back with Sterling Shepard. Um, the Eagles, though, to me, are starting. I don't want to say peak because you just mentioned it. Peak for what? They're just better than these other teams. And, and I think they find a way to win this game. Three points. I will lay the points on the road. I want to ask you, because you, you just mentioned you don't love the one o'clock window. Are you looking to the Packers in any sort of teaser, exotic? I mean, they're 13-point favorite at home against Jacksonville. 
I assume you think, unless you have a mega hot take, that they will be winning that game. It's just a matter of by how much. Yeah, so this is a this is a like survivor week for Green Bay. Go yep. ahead and take it. Um, if you made me bet anything in the one o'clock window, I will say it'd be Eagles minus three. If I had to take any side, any total, Eagles would be it. Um, so for Green Bay, like I was looking for teasers this week. Um, we'll get to the Sunday night game, uh, but. Baltimore could be a piece getting the saints down from, uh, are they still at nine, nine and a half? If you can get the saints down to like three, that's a piece, but do I want to leave the saints at three or would I rather, and you know, adding going from two teams to three teams is always more risk. But if you went Packers money line, saints money line to get rid of those three points, and Ravens money line to get rid of the minus one that they would sit at in the teaser. Now you're looking at like a minus 110, minus 120 parlay, like standard juice. And I consider the Packers to kind of be a free square. Packers I'm not losing at home. They're right. Just- so I'm, I'm, I'm basically considering this a Saints Ravens teaser, except you just need them both to win instead of having minus one and minus three. And I'm, I'm, calling the Packers a free square to, to help you get that juice. Now, if the Packers lose to Jacksonville that and the other, and the saints and Ravens win, that would absolutely suck. But I think it is a way to, to it is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get the same odds, but get rid of a few points just in case things get messy and the saints win by a field goal or something i don't know it's interesting we're going to break into the saints game i i do want to get to one more game in, or, or two more games in the early window the first one i want to talk about and this is right up my alley <laughs> we got to see what's going on obviously with all these teams with covid i want to talk about the browns uh mm-hmm. the first matchup on odd shopper them in houston it's up to three and a half cleveland at home they need this game big game for them Nick Chubb could be back. They're starting to get a little healthier, especially on the ground game. We'll see what's up with Baker. They need him, of course. You have any feel on that game? I know you said you don't love the window. To me, it would be Browns or pass. Yep. Uh, I would, again, if if you make me play games, I'll, I'll give you answers, and it would be the Browns at home. Three would be great. Three and a half is fine. I mean, Houston eked out a win over – Jacksonville starting whatever the dude's name is in his first game who actually looked pretty good, but it's not that hard to look good against Houston. Um, I mean, Houston's still done though. And they, I think they know they're done at, at this stage. So this is one, you know, last night we talked about motivation, motivation, both teams are motivated. This is one where Cleveland should have more motivation than Houston and is at home. So I would be, you know, I would be somewhat surprised if Houston won this game. So a small spread, like three, three and a half makes sense. So the the thing I want to bring up, it's pretty simple. I see a gigantic mismatch within this game. Cleveland second in the league in rushing yards per attempt, right around five, right in the top five there. They're sitting, depending on where you look, but right at five yards per attempt. That's very good on the ground. Mm-hmm. Houston is 31st in the league in rushing yards allowed per attempt at 5.1. If Cleveland, I'll tell you this right now, if Cleveland is rushing for five yards per attempt when this game is over, they're going to cover this number. Like with Kareem Hunt and Chubb on the ground, they could combine for like 200 yards rushing on 40 carries. That's going to be a huge, huge sign 
Uh, I think that's where the distinct advantage comes in. We know the Texans can generate offense. Deshaun Watson is, is very skilled. I think Cleveland controls the game on the ground, limits the turnovers at home. Uh, I like Cleveland, and I, I will lay the points here. I'm going to look for three, though. I'm going to wait. So I, I think it's worth waiting. If it's four or three and a half, it's not ideal. But to me, it's better to try to find three out there. If um, So it looks like Chubb's going to play. Do you think we'll get a lower number maybe on his prop? And if he's if we get news that he's not going to be like on a, Limited. you know, 10 carry restriction or whatever, it could be a spot to to look at that over if we if we get a lower number just because of uh the time he missed but coming back in a perfect matchup perfect you can you literally couldn't have a better matchup at home slight favorite mm-hmm. awful awful rushing defense that's what i that's the only advantage i see but i think it, it's worth pointing out there last game on the one and then we can get to these 4 p.m games i'm not betting this game i, I thought that you might go here though for a potential teaser I have a feeling you think you know where I'm going. I know where you're going, and it's I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's a little trappy. The Bucks are sitting five and a half, six points on the road. Do you worry about them finding the win? I mean, after a, re- I mean, what did you think? Uh, Saints, man, they, they got their number, I guess. They do. Um, that was that was disappointing. That was a huge swing game for the division. Um, I do the the NFL futures report each week on Osmo. <laughs> Um, and I wrote up before the game, essentially, if you have a strong take on who's going to win this game, maybe also look to bet the division that way, because the numbers are going to, if Tampa wins, they're going to shoot up and be minus 300 and you're never going to be able to touch them again. Um, and if you want to bet the saints now as a plus plus one forty dog in the division, they're going to become a pretty heavy favorite if they win this game. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, I'm, I'm still riding my Bucks futures until the wheels fall off. That was disappointing. I think that this will be another, just knowing Tom Brady, this will be another week where Brady, you know, barks at his teammates and gets them ready for this game against lesser competition and, you know, wins this game. I don't want to lay the six. I don't want to put them in a teaser money line parlay because they looked awful, but it's a talented defense. Um, and just after getting three points, I think Tampa is going to have a nice offensive bounce back. If you made me bet anything in this game and let me find the number, I would probably look at Tampa's team total. Okay. Because I think after scoring three points, um, okay, I don't even see it. But after scoring three points, it's probably going to be like 26 and a half, 27 and a half. After scoring three points – there's going to be a, a bounce back here. And even late in the game, uh, Brady will go out there and say, we're going to keep pushing this. We need to work on our offense after what happened last week. Yeah. And I, I think that Carolina can potentially generate some points, um, which would further that narrative of, of Tampa. I, I think Tampa wins the game. I don't love the number. I don't love the situation, you know, divisional games where you're laying points on the road. Yeah. No. It, it's not an ideal uh, situation. So it'll probably be a stay away from me. I kind of, and I, I rarely, I, I know, I guess you could say the public loves to bet overs, hates to bet unders. I'm the opposite. I love to bet unders. I actually kind of lean to the over here though. I know it's high at 50 and a half, but I, this game, I could see both teams eclipsing, you know, north of 25. Like if this was mm-hmm. 34, 28, something like that, I wouldn't bat an eye. I, I think it has that feel a little more than a, a grinded out type game. So at, if Tampa, I'll tell you this, if Tampa loses this game, I think you sound the alarm bells. This would be a bad loss off a bad loss for them. And I, I yes. just don't see that happening to be honest. Yep. Agree with that. So now, like I said, normally I'd say, Oh, we got a couple games left. We have a boatload. We have five or six, uh, four o'clock games. And that's just something we never see. Plus the night games, six, six, six of them. Look at this. That's absurd so you you said you're going to be fresh you're going to be ready to go the masters will be over i'll be in theory basking in all my winnings Mm. probably not uh where do we go here floor is yours is there one game that sticks out so in terms of a spread i'm not going to be betting many spreads i don't think on Mm -hmm. on sunday to be honest and you've talked me a little bit into 
potentially Cleveland and Philly. I do. I don't mind those spots. Um, I was looking at Miami minus two and a half in this window. Now they're at one, one and a half because they're going to be missing some key pieces on defense now, which makes me not like it as much. I think that, you know, Herbert's been great. Um, Tua should be able to do some stuff against a not very good Chargers defense. And I thought the difference in the game would be a really good Miami defense forcing a rookie quarterback and Herbert into a couple of mistakes on the road. Uh, but now I don't trust it as much with, uh, you know, Van Noy, a couple of big names missing on defense from Miami. I don't know if it's going to be quite the same uh, as it's been, you know, like scoring touchdowns, Miami's defense the last few weeks, making huge plays. I don't know if it's quite going to be there. Um, so that's a lean for me. And I don't know if it was going to be a play. I don't know if I'm going to play it anymore. Um, you got thoughts there before, before we keep it going? Not really. I, I it, Again, it's more what you were saying in the early window. If I had to bet the game, it would be Miami. I, I just don't trust the Chargers. They have a ton of talent, but there is something, you know, if something happens a couple times, you can say it's noisy. It's very, the Chargers lose games that they shouldn't lose. They do it continuously. It's like the Falcons. There is something to that. Miami, to me, is almost the opposite. I feel like they win a lot of games that I, I like last week, playing the Cardinals, the whole time I was watching that game, I felt like just somehow, some way the Cardinals would pull it out. And they didn't. Miami made the plays when they needed to. They seem to win games. I think it probably comes from their head coach. Uh, I like him a lot. I think he's a, a really solid guy. Two is doing enough. That defense is good. So we have to see who exactly is out and how that will affect what's going on. Yep. Uh, yeah, it, it would be, to me, it's probably just to stay away. I don't, I get a little freaked out by this Chargers team because they have so much talent on paper. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, about the Cardinals. They're all over the map. They lose to teams. They lost to the Lions. They lost to the Panthers. They lose to the Dolphins. They beat the Seahawks, though. This is a pretty big swing game. Two and a half points at home against the Bills. I, I don't know what to make of it. I, I Again, I did not bet this game. Do you, do you have a feel there, or is it just games you kind of want to see to bank some information? Mostly that. Yeah. And if you made me bet it, I think Buffalo coming off the big win four turnovers to Russell Wilson, Arizona, the loss they're at home here. I would bet Arizona, but I think if I bet this game, I'm looking to either go after Buffalo's defense or just bet. It's either the, the over the big number for the game, or I'm looking at Arizona's team total over, um, because I think they'll put up numbers on, on Buffalo. And that's, I, I saved myself last week. I, I really liked Seattle in Buffalo and I wanted to bet them minus three, but I thought it was kind of trappy. And we'll talk about potentially another trap spot for Seattle uh, probably next, but mm-hmm. the, in the end, I, I can't trust the defense. So I just wanted to back Russell Wilson going against the Buffalo defense. And I bet the team total over 28 and a half and that hit late. Um, but I would rather have that chance than, you know, the spread had no chance late in that game. So this is one for me where I would consider the Arizona team total against that Buffalo defense. And they're not going to get, I would assume four turnovers again off Kyler Murray. Maybe they get a couple, Um, but I think Arizona will score points. And the other place I want to look Kyler Murray, you want to talk safe. You want to like a cash quarterback for this week. The dude is his he's putting up numbers through the air, but his rushing floor is what makes him ridiculously good. He's averaging 68 yards and a touchdown per game. He has one game where he hasn't scored a rushing touchdown. Um, the Bills have given up some big rushing numbers to quarterbacks so far this season. Um, and guys that you wouldn't necessarily think. So I, the number is going to be going up on Murray, but I think the the one play that I'm confident I will make in this game, I'm going to bet Kyler Murray's rushing yards over. Kyler Murray's rushing, it it honestly reminds me of a combination between like Lamar and Josh Allen. And the way I say that is he can rip off like a 50-yard run like Lamar can, but they use him in the red zone like Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Like Kyler, that's why Drake and Edmonds can never get in because they run those little things and he sticks the ball out and, and he yeah. scores time and time again, so... You got to like him, certainly on the DFS side. Uh, it's just going to be a, t- a tough game. It could be back and forth. I wouldn't be stunned if either team won going away, and that's yeah. why I'm 
probably not going to bet it. I want to talk about Seattle, but before I do, I just want to say real quick, as Nightbot tells us, they're always keeping us informed. Today's the last day to use the Augusta promo to get an Awesome Plus Platinum Weekly Pass for 50% off. You're going to get golf next week, NFL this week, MMA, just probably other, you know, soccer, NASCAR, everything that we have going on. No better time to do it. You get half off. You get the projections, ownership, all the tools that Alex and the whole team here uses to play DFS. So we would encourage that. I'd encourage we got our viewers hit the like button on Friday the 13th for us. Uh, we need all the help we can get. We appreciate that. You subscribe to the channel. You hit the notification bell. Make sure you get all our shows because we have so much content throughout the day. Uh, college football tomorrow. I will be on with Matt Kajewski. But if there's a slate, there's a game canceled every hour in college. That's neither here nor there. Big matchup in the West. You alluded to it. We've got Seattle. We've got the Rams, who are possibly the most confusing team in the league for me. Sitting as a one-and-a-half-point favorite, everything I think in the public eye leans to Seattle off the loss. Do you lean to Seattle on the road? I wouldn't bet the Rams in this game. Um, but I don't know that I'll bet Seattle. I want to bet Seattle. I want to bet on Russell Wilson to bounce back. After four turnovers, he's going to be better in this game, even against a good Rams defense. But I, I, I can't bet on Seattle's defense right now after watching last week. So I don't think I can take a side in this game. What I can do is I can either bet the game total over at a big number because I think we're going to see a lot of points, or I can back just Russell Wilson like I did last week Seattle team total over 26 and a half the Seahawks have scored at least 27 points in every game this season so if they go under their team total it'll be their their worst offensive output of the season um and then there's the Rams at 27 and a half team total going against a really awful Seattle defense they're inconsistent, but this is like the dream spot. Like everybody went to, and I don't, it's some, it, in some ways it go, it compares to DFS. Like I'm a cash player. I played Russell Wilson at like 20% ownership in cash last week. And I thought Deshaun Watson would be pretty high against Jacksonville. He was like 10%. So I was like, where's the rest, where's the rest of the numbers here? And I scroll around and find Josh Allen going against Seattle at 40%. Um, so if there's a safe spot to target, it's against the Seattle defense right now. I think the Rams were inconsistent. A lack of pressure on Goff is how Goff has his success, and Seattle doesn't get pressure on the quarterback. I think the Rams are going to find their way to 28 or more points in this game, but I also think Seattle is going to find its way to 27 or more. So I'm struggling if I should bet the game over, uh, these team total overs. I don't know how I'm going to back it yet, but I am going to back points in this game because I believe in Russell Wilson and I believe in fading Seattle's defense. Seattle's defense is not bad. It's historically bad. Uh, they're giving up 360 yards passing. If they continue this, it'll be, I, I believe Sal Vetri on our Tuesday show mentioned this. It'll be a thousand more yards than any other team has given up through the air. Like it, it's wow. historically bad. You know, the game to point to, and I know this is near and dear to your heart, Cam Newton threw all over them. So mm -hmm. if if the Patriots can do it, anybody can. Um, yep. And and as although the Rams are streaky and fluky, Goff Goff had 61 attempts in a game this year. They're not afraid to throw the ball. Like if this turns into no. a shootout, it could get out of control. Kind of reminds me of the game. This is when the Rams were much better. I believe it was from Azteca in Mexico when them and the Chiefs went at it. I can yeah. see. I was one of those insane Monday night football games of all time. I clearly remember watching that game. Yeah, I listen, this has all the ingredients for that. Seattle is going to move the ball. They have weapons on weapons. We all know that. They can't generate a pass rushing and Goff and, and Sean McVay should tear them apart. That's where Goff thrives, just no pressure on him. No That's he can have a good game. It's hard though to back a side here just because it's a very back and forth type of game. So you're betting the over, you're saying? It would, I would, I bet the over, I would seriously look to some player props here, particularly mm -hmm. guys like Cooper Cup in like the receptions department. I think he yeah. could have like one of his games where he has like 13 catches mm -hmm. style because you're just I, butchering them underneath. 
I think honestly, uh, I mean, Robert Woods too, I would think about maybe just playing them both. And at worst, you're going to split. Like there's no way one of those guys doesn't go off and it has the upside to easily hit both. Unless you have a guy in a matchup that you, you really like Cooper cup more than Robert Woods. And you just want to play that one heavier. I think potentially playing both those guys would work out well. There, there's nothing not to like there. And certainly on the DFS side, there's going to be a lot to talk about, but I want to, I want to circle back here. Because you mentioned this game, you mentioned them to win. Do you worry about the Niners just in the sense that they're in flux and that could create a situation where the field, the team they field this week is just different? Uh, or do you think just overall, no matter who they throw out there, they're just not on the caliber of a team like the Saints on the road? So I think we had that problem earlier, when, but that's when we had better players coming in and out of the lineup. Now mm-hmm. it's okay, maybe you add back a couple of receivers and alignment or something, but you still have Nick Mullins throwing to... Not George Kittle. Not George Kittle. No. Um, and you still don't have Bosa rushing the quarterback. And the Saints, I think, seem to have found a little bit of a groove last week. They got Michael Thomas back. Um, this is when the Saints generally... You know they start they start slow and then they they pick up steam as the season goes on. That's that's been their mo for for a long time. I, I'm not messing around with the spread in this game, but I I really don't see the Saints. If 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 um, let's say Green Bay and Jacksonville wound up getting getting postponed or something, th- this would be where I would look in Survivor. I think the Saints absolutely win this game. Do you think there's any? I mean, I know this is long-term, but if the Niners lose this game, and most likely they, they will be losing, it'll be four and six, and they will be in the basement. Do you think they can claw out of last in the West? I mean, it's going to be a tall task. No. Uh, the other teams are good. I, well, I mean, what Seattle's doing with their defense is ridiculous, but they have a great shot to win that division still. Uh, the Rams are are good enough, and the Cardinals are a pretty good team. I, I don't, I, yeah, I, the, the Niners are going to finish last in that division. I, I would feel pretty comfortable saying. Um, it's pretty crazy. It is. It is absolutely crazy. Um, and it's a reminder to look at those uh, in-season win totals. Um, as soon as the 49ers had all those injuries at the beginning of the season and they got their wins over the Jets and Giants and their win total was still set at 10. I bet them under 10 wins at plus money like a month into the season, which I thought was ridiculous. And that one's actually looking like it's going to work out. So I just don't see it. They've been overvalued with so many injuries going on. It's starting to level off. Like I said, I wouldn't bet the number in this game, but I don't think the rest of this season is going to go very well for the 49ers. It's yeah. I mean, and just to the last thing I say, the, so the West plays the NFC East as like their crossover. Cause it's like, you look at the Rams, they got four wins. They swept the NFC East right. already. So early, very early. And it's like, you know, they, they look pretty good, but maybe it's just a product that they had. They already got Washington, the giants, the Eagles and the Cowboys. We're going to find out this week. Cause they only have one win against the entire rest of the league. Right. <laughs> so, it's a very good point. I, uh, Keep that in mind. We'll see if Jimmy G is the long-term answer there or not. Uh, all right. Weekly Crota. We got a couple games left, and then we're going to bounce on out of here for the day. I got to ask you about the Raiders. I always like to do that. Drew Locke is, is holding his own. Jerry Judy is actually good. I think we all knew that. Raiders minus four at home in Vegas. I have no interest in this game. I just wanted to see if you did. No, um, I'd rather just talk about last week with the Raiders ripping my heart out again. We think the Chargers get a game-winning touchdown. Um, winds up it wasn't. It's the right call. It wasn't a touchdown. Um, it's true. But, uh, yeah, I, Raiders under seven and a half wins. That is not going to hit unless something terrible happens. And I need something terrible to happen. So uh, give me give me the Broncos outright in this game. Let's go. <laughs> personal de- Personal desperation needs. They're fighting. They just have they have nobody left on either side of the ball. It's been that way all year. Um, I, I, there, it's just a tough a tough situation. I, I think that Drew Locke has 
looked okay, but the, the scripts have been in mega garbage time. They've been down where they just have to throw and throw and throw. I, I, I think it's the spread is right. It's where it should be. There's not a lot of value there. So I'm not holding out. I, I The Raiders and the Bears, the Bears at least are crashing and burning for you. They got issues as well. The Bears, I, I think, can can come through for me. The Bears are not they're really not a good bad. team. No. Um, so if I go three and one on my on my bigger futures, I can forgive the Raiders and have them have them be the one. Yeah, I mean the Bears. This is the game against Minnesota. If they lose this, and that'll be four straight, they're Minnesota's going to end up overtaking them in that division behind the Packers. That would be lovely. You mentioned, so I want to finally kind of close it out with this. This was the third game that you recommended potentially as a, you know, like a money line parlay, maybe the safest of the, you know, one of the safer on the, on the slate, I should say. Baltimore hasn't looked great, but you know what? You look at their, their record and they've lost to a couple of good teams. They're sitting at six and two. They'll get their chance against Pittsburgh once again. I believe it's on Thanksgiving. I'll be watching. Uh, normally it's a huge game, but what do you make of your boys who barely barely beat the Jets? All right. So people are talking in Boston, sports radio, TV shows, whatever, the day after the Jets game. Do you feel better about the Patriots or do you feel the same after that Monday night win? Worse. Worse. Way worse is my answer. Correct. The Jets, 100%. the Jets lost that game. The Jets wanted to lose that game, gave that game away. They ran four plays in the fourth quarter, a bomb interception by Flacco, and then a five-second three and out. And the rest of the game is just Cam Newton dumping it to Jacoby Myers in a soft zone, which was not going to happen against this Baltimore defense. The, that is not even a win for the Patriots. That was just the Jets losing and that's what they wanted and move on. Now we have the Patriots on a short week. The, the only good thing I can say about the Patriots this week is that the game isn't in Baltimore. Um, during Monday night football, I bet Baltimore minus six and a half. You call that an overreaction. These are things I don't recommend doing in general in the NFL, but I know what I'm watching with the Patriots. They suck. Um, Cam Newton is, has no weapons to get the ball to. Maybe he runs a little bit against Baltimore. Um, I don't know. And like, maybe that leads to a good drive at some point in the game, but Baltimore is a pretty good defense. Uh, I don't see the Patriots moving the ball well in this game. And even the, the, the glaring piece here is that Joe Flacco and Brashad Perriman just torched your defense. Uh, that was a historically good defense through eight games last season, and that time is just long gone. Um, if Stefan Gilmore plays, it gives them a little bit of a boost. We'll see if that happens. I don't know why he would even want to play at this point. I think that Baltimore, my biggest bet of the week is Baltimore minus six and a half. I think Baltimore is going to pants the Patriots on Sunday night football and absolutely destroy them. And if the Patriots, 